Hello, and welcome to the Christ Lutheran Church Sermon Podcast. This is Matthew Best. I serve as pastor of Christ Lutheran Church in Allison Hill in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Thanks for being here. If today's message connects with you and what you're going through, brings you inspiration, or offers connection with God, I ask you to please stay on after the message for just a few moments to learn ways to connect with the congregation and the health ministries that we offer. And now, let's dive into God's Word. A reading from Exodus, chapter 1 and chapter 3. Then a new king, to whom Joseph meant nothing, came to power in Egypt. Look, he said to his people, the Israelites have become far too numerous for us. Come, we must deal shrewdly with them, or they will become even more numerous. And if war breaks out, we'll join our enemies, fight against us, and leave the country. So they put slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labor. And they built Pitham and Ramesses as store cities for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. So the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites and worked them ruthlessly. They made their lives bitter with harsh labor in brick and mortar and with all kinds of work in the fields. In all their harsh labor, the Egyptians worked them ruthlessly. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that the bush was on, on fire. It did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, Here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and put them up to that land out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you, and this will be a sign to you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and they say, the God of your fathers has sent you, and they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. That is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am sent me to you. God said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name 
you shall call me from generation to generation. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We're going to do a little game. And this is going to require you to move. Sorry. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you to find a partner, somebody that you're not too familiar with, so nobody that you came with, and people that you don't necessarily hang out with. And uh, we're going we're to do this twice so that each person gets to do this. There's one person asking a question, and there's one person answering. You're going to do this for one minute. All right. The person asking the question has got one question to ask. Who are you? And the person answering answers that in one word or short phrase responses. And when you get a response, the person asks again, who are you? And respond, who are you? Respond. Does that make sense? So what did you learn? It's hard, yeah, right? And that was a minute, and I'm like, man, this is taking forever. <laughs> One minute seems like it can go on and on. What else did you learn? What else did you learn? Yeah. It's very complicated. Yeah. Yeah, it's not just cut and dry, is it? Yeah, what else? What else? I think it's a good exercise. Yeah. And like any exercise, you get better at it. Sure. So as I was asked, more, more questions. Yeah. Um, I also realized I could have added more. So you could have. So you realized some things about yourself as well. Yes. Okay. What? It was surprising. So, so which leads to what? What was surprising in that? Thanks for that lead in. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, how do I keep answering this question? We take these things for granted. Oh, that's great. We take these things for granted. That's a great answer. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else? We cheated a bit. Okay. I'm John. I'm a man. Okay. I'm a member of this church. It's not cheating. The obvious points. Well, that's what we start with, right? Because that's the simple things. Yeah, but that's not cheating. That those are all true, aren't they? Yes, but then again, I think as you dig into it, then you start to reveal more about yourself. Yes, some of the labels start to, to melt away, yeah. right? And we when we do that, yes. Okay. Introspective. Yep. Yep. Great. Anything else? And you can go back to your seats if you want to get, get comfy again. <laughs> Anything else? So that's a, that's a, I, I want us, we're going to do this essentially with two specific characters, two people in our, in our scripture reading. Now we're not going to do the same thing because they're, we can't do that, but I want us to think about two specific people in this reading. I want us to think about, first of all, who Pharaoh is. So if you were sitting across from Pharaoh <laughs> and, and you were asking Pharaoh, who are you, for a minute, 
and assuming that you know Pharaoh wasn't annoyed and then just had your head chopped off uh, <laughs> and played around, played with that, how do you think Pharaoh would answer that question based on what we read in here? How do you think Pharaoh would answer that question? Powerful, a king, a leader. He'd be indignant, yeah. Invincible. Wrathful. Right. <laughs> right, right. It's either, what is it? There's, there's other movies like either thumbs up or thumbs down, right? That type of thing, right? A politician. Okay, interesting, yeah. Palace. Yes. So that to me, Pharaoh would say, "How do you not know who I am?" Oh, how do you not know who I am? Yeah. yeah. Would he say he was a god? Would he go that far? That would be part. It depending on where in Egyptian history you could, and then what does that actually mean in there as well? Right, it gets kind of complicated in, in that, right? Yeah, so there's lots of, lots of things. When, and when we look at this, because I'm surprised, all of those things I think are, are legitimate answers. And yet, go back to the reading. Go right back to the reading. There's a new king, which by the way, this is uh, not that, oh, you know, Pharaoh died and, and his son takes over. This is a different dynasty that takes over. So it's likely that someone usurped power, took over, or it was one of the other kingdoms conquered the land. So upper e the history is that Upper Egypt, which is to the south, moved forward and conquered where Goshen is, where the Israelites are, have been for 400 years. And so this king doesn't know the history is the idea in there. And... Uh, and so he doesn't know. And then he says this in the first paragraph. Look, he said to his people, the Israelites have become far too numerous for us. Come, we must deal shrewdly with them, wisely with them, or they will become even more numerous. And if war breaks out, we'll join our enemies, fight against us, and leave the country. What are some other things that Pharaoh might say if he got to that introspection point at 45 seconds. Worried. Full of fear. As powerful as Pharaoh is, he's afraid. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> A guy who is supposedly all powerful and yet he's afraid. And so, he does what he, he did. They put in slave masters to oppose, to oppress the Israelites and force them into labor. And it says the more they oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread because the cruelty doesn't work. It actually drives people away. If, if Pharaoh had been really smart, he would have treated them well. And then all the things that he feared of would not have come to pass, but we know the story. 
what happens? They rise up. God sends plagues. There's a whole lot of death and destruction. And they leave, which is exactly what Pharaoh feared. He got exactly what, right? There's, there's a cycle in human history. I, I got this from a book that I read recently called uh, God and Empire. And, and it talks about this idea that empires, regardless of what kind we're talking about, they, they want peace ultimately, which may be a surprise to think about. But humanity wants peace. We don't want conflict. We don't want there to be all that. But empires arrive at peace through victory, through conquest, through the killing of enemies. It's a way to get there by destruction because you just don't have anybody to oppose you anymore is, is the idea. And you're in control. Empires are about control. And so what does Pharaoh do? He does the same thing that everybody who's ever pushed an empire, there's first, there's fear and separation. We hear that right in the story, right? Look, the Israelites are becoming, become far too numerous for us, right? They're, they're, if, if war breaks out, they're going to join our enemies and they're going to fight against us and leave the country. Fear and separation, us and them. This is classic empire stuff. And then once you've got fear and separation, you've got threat. It's right in there as well. There's a threat to our survival, our way of being. That's what comes out. And then what happens is dehumanization. We stop seeing people as people, but as objects. And we hear this in here. So they put slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labor, and they work them ruthlessly. You don't, if you see people as people, you're not ruthless, right? You're not dehumanizing, you're not trying to control, and the last thing is cruelty, which is what all of it is in there, cruelty. Because if the goal is peace through victory, you have to control and you have to force. So let's go to our second character, not Moses, surprisingly, but God. God is a major character in this story. God has a lot of lines in this story. And if so, if we asked the question, God is sitting right there with us, playing the game of who are you, don't think in terms of all the stuff that we think about but think in terms of this story, the one that we read. Who are you, God? What's, what do you think you would hear as some of the answers? Who are you, God? What do you think? Compassionate. Compassionate. We hear that in, in the scripture. I've heard the cry of my people. Where is it here? I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. We talked a little bit about that in the, in the Bible study, that I'm concerned about their suffering. It seems a little light, uh, but it's, God is moved by this cry 
out from, from the Israelites. And so there's compassion. What else? Knowing. Knowing. Say more about that. It's because knowing is like the uh, sandals removed. It's oh, yeah. Just knowing everything. Knowing everything. Down to your hairball. <laughs> so you get that with uh, a few things, actually. So number one, God has heard the cry. So God knows. And then when you get to these questions of the excuses for, for Moses of why he can't go, uh, you know, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? God says, I will be with you. And this will be a sign to you that I, that I who have sent you, when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God in this mountain. I already got it taken care of, Moses. I already know what's going to happen, is the idea. Plus, the answer of uh, when, when Moses asks God, suppose the Israelites say that the God of the fathers has sent you, what is, what is his name? What shall I tell them? And God says, I am who I am. Which another way of translating is, I exist. Or I am existence itself. Or I am the one who brings things to fruition, to completion. There's lots of different ways to, to translate that. What else? What else would God respond back to? Who are you, God? Just. Just. Yeah, a God of justice. Um, N.T. Wright, who's a, an Episcopal bishop and theologian, uh, has this nice simple definition of what God's justice is. It is making things right again. Making things right again. That's what God's justice is. I really like that definition. It's simple. It def it, we have an understanding of what that means. That things are not right in the world and God is going to make them right again. It's a beautiful, beautiful way of looking at it. And we see that in here, right? God is going to uh, God is going to make things right again by taking, the, the, the Israelites went down to Egypt because they were hungry and the Egyptians showed hospitality originally. Hospitality, here, you can stay in our land. And that's right. The Egyptians were caring for them. And then all of a sudden this new king comes in and he's like, oh, this isn't gonna work anymore. And so we're going to enslave these people. And so God is going to make things right by saying, we're going to take you out of the situation and put you into a better, better location. We're going to make things right again, is the idea. What else would you say that if you were having this game with God, who are you? What, how would God respond? Anything else? God's concern is about peace also. There's a Jewish word, shalom, which is often this word for peace, which also means wholeness and completeness. This is what God has always been about, moving towards wholeness and completeness. It's a beautiful, you could call that as, as the, the, the kingdom of God is the idea. And so how does God get there? Not by peace through victory, but peace through justice. 
is the idea of making things right again because then there can be peace. And oftentimes you hear this then all in, in the New Testament where Jesus talks about love your enemies because it's not about killing them off. It's about bringing them into the wholeness in there. And so as opposed to what Pharaoh and every empire has ever done and ever will do, where there's fear and separation, threat, dehumanization, control and cruelty, God's path is first compassion. I have heard the cry of my people and I am moved and I'm going to do something about it. The second is seeing the humanity, the value and the worth of people. Why am I going to do something? Because these are people. These are, made, these are folks made in my image and likeness. And I am moved to compassion and I see their humanity and I see what's going on. And God offers a promise. When Moses, after you've done this, you're going to come and you're going to worship here at this mountain. And oh, by the way, I have a land flowing with milk and honey. There is hope and there is promise with God. Always a promise and always a hope. Always. The, the best is not sometime in the past as it was. The best is yet to come. God is always bringing us towards the consummation of time, towards the end of time. God, think of it this way. I like to think of it this way. God is standing at the end of history, reaching out with God's arms and drawing us into an embrace of love. Ooh, isn't that beautiful? Oh my gosh. If that's not hopeful and full of promise, I don't know what is, right? And lastly is the sense of hope. And it's not just an individual hope, it's a hope for the whole world that everything will be made right, that we will be in community, there will be wholeness, there will be completeness, there will be shalom. So the last question is, in light of all that, I'm going to ask you again, who are you? Go ahead. Yes. <laughs> do, you need, do you need readers? <laughs> there you go. Hopefully those work. Uh, yes, they help. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. You are beloved children of God who have been promised wonderful things. You have suffered and God hears you because God values you. God loves you for who you are. We're not, God doesn't call the equipped, God equips the called to share that very message with others, to be God's messenger. If you go into this, the neat thing about this is God doesn't just do this and takes care of it and that's it. God invites, God says, says to Moses, you're going to go and you're going to do this with me. Empire isn't concerned about together. God sees us all together. That's what God wants 
That's what God is moving towards. It's that full embrace. You are loved. That's who you are. Thanks be to God. Thank you again for listening to the Sermon Podcast. I'm always happy to have a conversation or pray with you. Please reach out either by email to pastor at ChristHarrisburg.org or call me at 717-236-8382. I'd also invite you to be part of worship on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We're a very diverse, open, affirming, and laid-back congregation. Christ Lutheran Church is located at 124 South 13th Street in Harrisburg. Parking is along the street. You can enter the building through the side entrance on South 13th Street or at the corner of 13th and Thompson Streets. And lastly, check us out on the web. Our website is ChristHarrisburg.org. There you can learn more about and offer your support for the congregation as well as the health ministries and free clinics that we provide to people in need in our neighborhood. I invite you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram also at Christ Lutheran Harrisburg. Thank you. I look forward to connecting with you, and I pray that you have a blessed week.